Welcome to the Free From Wall Street Podcast, where we talk about how to create, preserve, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. And now, here's your host, Stephen Libman, managing partner of Integrity Holdings Group. Welcome back to the Finding Success Radio Show, where you have Steve Lipman, Adam Cavella, Justin Bozak, and today I think we got Tommy Z in the building. I am Tommy Z. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Hey, partner. (laughs) So we have uh, the Remax Revolution guys, and I am broadcasting from my house today because we are in the midst of Corona shutdown. You guys braved the storm and made it to the studio. So how's that? How how is everything out there? How you guys doing? Hunkering down, baby. We've been together the last week. It's kind of been just us in the office and skeleton crew. Um, so, I mean, listen, if, if we had it last week, if we had it Monday, Tuesday, I mean, whatever. We, we're quarantined within ourselves. This is, <laughs> this is the group. We're, we're our one. <laughs> so that's why we said, hey, we're all going to studio. We've, down, we've, we've been down, together yeah. all week anyway. So right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, different people are taking different precautions because different family members and all that kind of stuff. So, hey, whatever your choices are that you're making, make good ones. And, uh, you know, I think the, the paramount thing that we should touch on here is that you know, there's, there's no fear in, um, in kind of what we're dealing with. We just have to be smart and, you know, we have to be as leaders aware of what the implications of this are at a macro level. Absolutely. Right? So I think from, from my perspective, I'm looking at it from an economics perspective. Um, you know, as you guys know, I run the free from wall street podcast, like, you know, we're talking a lot about getting away from the volatility of Wall Street well before this happened. I mean, you're talking about five years of gains being erased in the last couple of weeks. So we're going to dive into all of this. But my point in saying that, right, is finding success is more than just finding how to achieve it through the good times. Right. Absolutely. How do we how do we achieve it during things like this, where I mean, this is this is pretty unprecedented, at least in our lifetimes, right? Where non-essential businesses are, for all intents and purposes, closed. I was in uh, Columbus Airport two days ago. It was an absolute ghost town. No restaurants. No nothing outside of a vending machine. Can you get a water from? <laughs> my flight had twelve people on it, and my team made up three of those twelve. Wow! Wow! Man. I mean, so unprecedented in terms of what I've seen, even after 9-11, when they shut down the airports and stopped ground traffic, I mean, you still had restaurants and bars and things like that open. Right. Um, so it's difficult times. Everybody, my wife is laughing now because everybody that, uh, that used to wonder what stay at home moms did before this. Or, <laughs> they know now. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah. It just Much got, greater respect. Just got to jump to a whole new level. It's like red alert at home. Right. <laughs> I'm just recently yeah. seeing too, some of the respect for teachers out there. Now the parents are saying, I can't believe the teachers do this. I can't believe what they're getting paid for the, what they have to do. So yeah, um, it's a, a new appreciation for that. Yep. Everybody's like, you know, parents, there's a picture of parents pulling out their hair going homeschoolers. And there's like another homeschooling parent riding a dragon saying like, welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Definitely no shortage of memes lately. <laughs> yeah. So, well, good. So let's, uh, so yeah, let's talk about this. I, I think it's an important topic to cover, to cover. I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful that things like this pop up because maybe we would have never talked about how to find success and how to be a good leader and lead through these trying times unless something like this happens. So, um, so what are you guys doing in your business right now? I mean, you know, obviously non-essential businesses are supposed to be closed. You guys have been together doing some work still. Um, so what's it look like in your office and what are you guys looking how, how are you supporting your team and you know, what's going on? I think keeping, keeping constant communication is very important. Nothing's worse than, um, you feel an absence of leadership without communication. So staying in touch with the agents, Justin, Abe, and, and, and I've tried to do uh, the best we could in keeping them informed of what's going on in the market, as well as getting their feedback on the market too. Because, you know, there's, there's two steps to this. It's, it's the ordeal and then, then there's the, the reaction and the panic. So you have to, and, and we as leaders and the people we talk to, we can cause ripple effects and we can cause a huge butterfly effect with the words we choose. So um, being obviously prepared 
but being diligent in what we say, I think is is pretty important in this in this market because you know it could it could it could really affect things down the line if we say the wrong things and if we uh, act in the wrong manner. So there's no questions. I mean, fear is a cancer. You know, it's it spreads and it goes viral. Um, you know, and and there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, but you know, I, I think this is something we can all get through together as long as we know the right steps to take and how to prepare and and get through it. Um, you know, we started at earlier in the week. Um, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen it, Steve. I know you just recently came back from Columbus, but um, I mean, the craziness in the stores right now, I mean, everything's being emptied out and so forth. So just educating our agents that like, you know, some of some of our agents and even a lot of people day to day, they're just like, ah, oh, you know, I'll be able to go to the store next week and I'll be able to get what I need. It's, you know, I, I, would, I would definitely, you know, have the things you need now and kind of start getting that in place. Not a role. There's a certain amount of yeah, there's a certain amount of uncertainty, right? Not a role to be found. Right. right. I mean yeah, not you, a role. Can you spare a square? <laughs> I'll trade I'll trade you a TP for a bread, piece of bread. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, I I've been probably to six stores over the last six days and I didn't need TP because I got it Wednesday when I started kind of hearing like it's it's uh it's not on the shelves. Um so it is kind of crazy and it's like People, so I, pe- I read a- people are taking it, you know, super seriously. So it does cause that 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 ripple effect. Um, so I mean, you know, that that's the moment when I was like, w- we really got to get proactive. Um, these could be trying times, but if we know we can kind of control things on our end um, and get ahead of what's happening, I mean, because I, I, I've been saying it for a while, I can't wait for the next recession. Because there's going to be so many people right. that are going to be unprepared and aren't going to know how to navigate through that. So coming through 2007 and 2008, I think we've mentally prepared ourselves and we remembered things and we kind of knew what happened and what the results are. You know, this is different because it was almost like a light switch, but, yeah. but it is. It's different on the way in and I think it will be different on the way out. I mean, so a couple points to bring up, right? Like the whole toilet paper issue, I think is kind of funny, but I did read a great article in Psychology Today, which really shed some light on why this is happening. And if you guys have ever watched the show Hoarders, they touch on why this is kind of related. So when people are running out and they're buying cases of water and cases of toilet paper and all that stuff, what they're doing is trying to gain some control in their lives, but it's very out of control, Mm -hmm. right? All of us don't exactly know what's going on in the markets or in the stores or whatever. So this is kind of the de facto action that people take to feel like they have some semblance of control in their lives. I thought that was really interesting that kind of this is the very beginning of what hoarders start to go through because their other parts of their lives are, are way out of balance. So when I read that, I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, from a high level, right. It doesn't make sense to me because I can't run to the store, but it does start to make you understand that, you know, where fear starts to play a part in this. Yeah. It's like an automatic defense mechanism. So it's like panic. All right. I need water in canned goods. Like automatically, you don't even have to think about it, you know, but then on the onset is like, well, if you're not, if that's all, if that's the instant defense mechanism, like what are you doing to protect yourself long-term? And I think a lot of people just aren't even thinking that way. It's just short-term. I just need this. I just need, I know to get it and, and to stock up and that's it. Right. It's like, you know, it, you're not, and I, I heard a uh, epidemiologist say this and he, he was pretty clear and like, you know, I think what America is bracing for is a coronavirus blizzard, <laughs> but what they need to be preparing for is a coronavirus winter. Like this isn't going to be a light switch on and off. Um, although good news, uh, I did read this morning that there was a peer reviewed French study done over 40 patients used that malaria drug and all 40 were cured. So there is some hope. There is some hope that this could turn off as fast as it turned on, which, you know, again, nobody has a crystal ball, right? But what are we doing to prepare ourselves to make it through? I think the government has, you know, this trillion dollar package where they're just literally sending money directly to homeowners. Um, That can be really interesting to prop up the market. And, you know, I mean, I don't think a two-week shutdown is going to 
completely shut down the economic recovery when people start going back to work? Is it long enough? Will there be enough of a flattening of the curve? There's there's a lot of question marks, but I'm also starting to see a lot of, uh, of great leadership. I think, Justin, you just posted something from one of our previous guests where they're giving away food at their restaurant because they're not going to be able to use it. So they're cooking lunches for kids that might have had to go to school to get lunches. And there's a lot of good leadership coming out of this that we're starting to see, which is exciting. Absolutely. I mean, so, so with that, you know, do you think this is a three month thing? Do you think this is a six month thing? And, and do you think in in your business, you know, dealing with, um, you know, apartments and stuff like that, you know, are, are you expecting any short term losses? Um, you know, how is that going to affect your, your business? Worst case scenario, best case scenario. So we're trying to be really proactive. Um, best case scenario is a cure comes and they eradicate this thing in April. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a short term problem. The government's already talking about sending checks directly to um, people so that they can pay their house bills, right? So the mortgages and the rents. Um, so that's short term. The, the good stuff uh, also with unemployment. So we're, what we're doing is we're talking to our mortgage servicer and saying, what programs are you putting in place? Can you get a 30, 60, 90 day hiatus and kick the mortgage interest to the end of the loan in case we can't pay? Uh, so we're working with our servicers on that side. And then we're also working with the renters and making sure that we have all of the ammunition that we need to send them to, are you getting unemployment because you got laid off? right? The, the government is massively funding unemployment. They're massively funding sick leave and family leave. So there's going to be options. And from an apartment owner perspective, we want to make sure that we're showing people where those avenues are to help get that government funding because they might not be in the know as much as we are. So I think you have to attack it from both sides. The number one thing that we want to do is making sure that we're insulating our investors' capital, right? So we've reached out to our investors. We let them know that until we see a blip of income, nothing will change on their end. If there is some income, the priority is to not just pay the investor, but to make sure that we pay the debt service. Um, You know, another silver lining is that HUD said that we're not allowed to evict and banks are not allowed to foreclose. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of things propping up, I think not just the multifamily market, but probably the residential market as well from where you guys are seeing. I mean, I have five, flips that are all under contract right now too. And everybody's moving forward on those. I talked to a lender who, who writes a lot of loans and he's buried in applications. So th- there's a lot of good ec- underlying economic indicators that do not make me fearful. I think retail is going to get smashed. I think that the retail sector is probably going to have a hard time holding on because they tend to have razor thin, um, profit margins anyway with a lot of overhead. So I don't think they'll get evicted, but I think they're going to have a lot to claw back once they can open stores up again. So, you know, so from our perspective, it's being proactive, making sure that the banks know where we're at, making sure the residents know where we're at. And I just came back from Columbus. And I mean, while we were out there, we locked up almost another 850 units under contract of multifamily. So the opportunity is still there. Uh, interest rates are lower than they've been since I can remember. I mean, we're getting quotes in the low, low threes for 220 unit apartment complexes, um, you know, point and a half under where we're underwriting them. So significant cash flow means significant insulation. Uh, it's not an asset class that goes to zero ever. It's tangible. It's not the stock market. You know, the volatility, I think, uh, I think it was up actually yesterday. And it went down a couple thousand points the day before and then up a couple thousand points. It's up 400 points right now, which, you know, what it means is that investors are getting comfortable with the fact that the government is going to be able to stabilize this and kind of flatten out not only the curve for coronavirus, but flatten out the economic curve, you know, maybe stabilize some of that volatility. So, you know, we're big believers in multifamily because of long-term metrics. And I don't think that they'll change during this season. You know, I think that they will maybe have a blip, but overall, best case scenario, like I said, we'll be back in action next month. Worst case scenario, if this takes six months, the government's doing a lot to insulate everybody from, uh, from an absolute, you know, meltdown. Yeah, Steve, and I think you you brought up a good point with the relief. Obviously, the government's doing, but you're also seeing it from from 
mass amount of companies. Like uh, I think Bank of America just said they're going right. to allow deferments. I'm sure the other banks will. Uh, car leasing payment companies, the same thing. I, I feel like I feel like this is different than the recession uh, back in 07, 08, because um, there was a lot of finger pointing back then. Like, okay, are the big banks default or, um, you know, Main Street versus Wall Street? A lot of finger pointing. Here, I think it's more of a common faceless enemy and everyone's kind of rallying around each other to face that. So I feel like there's a lot more support together versus last time around. Yeah, agreed. agreed. I mean, you know, one of the things that, you know, we uh, keep educating our agents on is the the crash of 2007, 2008. I mean, rates were at six and a half percent. And even you look at the 1989 crash, the rates were at 10 percent. Um, you know, the the big difference between then and now is there was predatory lending and which led to a lot of people owning homes that they shouldn't have owned, you know, to begin with. I mean, it's like, oh, you have a pulse, you know, yeah, you get a mortgage, you know. Um, you know, I think a lot of the things that they put in place helped with that, especially from 2008 to now. Um, I think most of the people that have been buying are definitely more qualified than they were in 2007, 2008. So, you know, yeah, I mean, this is impacting the stock market. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hysteria and fear, but I think overall, it's a much different time than, than it was back then. Um, we got to kind of, uh, you know, like you said, Steve, you know, stick together, you know, kind of get through the next 30 days. Um, and a lot of the things that is being put in place by the government and different companies put, holding off payments, the IRS, which I think is the first time in history, 90 days filing delayed. Um, so yeah. they know that this is going to be an economic impact as we're forcing, you know, shutdowns, you know, across the board. Um, so if we can get through this together and kind of follow the guidelines that, CDC is putting in place, that the governor's putting in place, that the president's put in place, we can recover from this much quicker. You know, it's, I think that's the biggest message that we kind of got to get out there is that, you know, there's no reason that just because your kids are home that you should be running out into big public places. Let's, you know, get through this, you know, so we can move yeah. back on. <clears throat> yep. And I think the more we listen to some of the guidance, then the faster we'll be out of it. Um, and uh, one thing that I don't know, and maybe you guys can, can shed some light on it for me is, um, you know, I posted a video the other day of like where bailout money comes from. So certainly this will have an economic impact. It already has, right? I think $10 trillion has exited the stock market since this has started to happen. Um, and that's not just lost funds, right? That's actually investors pulling and cashing out and putting it on the sidelines, um, putting it in a cash position. What I don't know is a trillion dollar bailout package does what? Does that just add to kind of the overall debt of the country? Yes. How do you dig out of that? Who's paying for that? And what are the long-term ramifications of that? Because I, I really don't know. I mean, I still... Remember when uh, Obama did a $500 billion TARP bailout, right, for, for the banks. Um, so from, I, I, maybe I don't understand the, the macroeconomics of that well enough. There's no explanation to that it. Looks like. This is thin air it's, economics. It's not on the full faith and credit of the American <laughs> government. That's you, it. You're talking about printing money out of thin air. And that's the that's problem. It's, and it's, it's perception. So if China says, hey, we want to try to manipulate our currency, which is why, you know, we had to change our trade deal because they continuously did that, um, you know, that's what really affects our ability to trade. So, you know, the good thing that, you know, our, our current president has done is try to put us in a position where we're able to manufacture and able to hold our own, create our own goods, create our own jobs, create our own wealth, because we were on track um, to be so dependent on all these other countries for oil and for trade and for goods, then you lose control. You know, now your dollar's worth less because the other countries don't need it. You know, they just... So this was a good, this was kind of a good spotlight on that, right? Because mm -hmm. um, the supply chain right? Which is so heavily reliant on China was massively interrupted at the beginning of this. And that's what kind of created the domino effect that started this uh, economic meltdown. Because we were just, so, and, and you know, I heard somebody else talk about it too, was I didn't realize this, but when Puerto Rico was hit by that hurricane, the IV 85% bags, right? of all the IV bags yeah, I heard came that. from Puerto Rico. I had no idea that there was like this massive shortage, you know? So 
I, I know that there's been some drug issues with drugs that are mass produced in, uh, in China. And so, yeah, I think interdependent global economies, important, but also self-sustainability. I mean, if you become too self-sustainable, right, and we get hit by a massive pandemic or a natural disaster, then we're going to have the opposite problem. So I think it's just recognition of those two things and being able to balance, you know, both interdependence and self-sufficiency because you can't have one without the other and you never know where the next hiccup is coming from. Yeah. You know, when stuff like this hits, some countries tend to close borders, close down and, and look to your own and then families will do the same thing, you know, protect your own. So it's a, it's a tight balance globally versus uh, economically in, in the country. So that's a good point. And I did hear about the IV bags and it was an epidemiologist going over the whole supply chain. And it's almost like this is a health check. It's a, it's a test to see where we are, how prepared are we? Cause I'm sure this isn't going to be the only thing that happens in the future. Um, and we're going to have to be prepared for it. So we're in different times. Uh, no question. It's a wake-up call. You know, notice. And I, I think a lot of people have been talking about this now for years. But a wake-up call on just that 90% of the medicine is produced in China. I mean, I mean, that was a recent stat that they just released. I mean, that's, cr- that's crazy. I mean, that's medicine that a lot of our people are dependent on. I mean, so like things like that should be produced in the United States. There's, you know, obviously if there's certain products that you want made in another country and dependent on trade, that's one thing, but I think necessities should be coming from home base. So, um, you know, it's definitely something. Well, the good news is, is that most of the United States toilet paper is made right here. (laughs) Charmin. (laughs) Thank you, Charmin. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're good with paper. Canada and the U.S., we're we're pretty good with paper, but... uh, But yeah, it does make you look at everything as a whole and and realize, you know, so Community Medical, for example, they've only had four patients come through and they said they're already out of uh, vitamin C IV. How is that possible? And they're having trouble getting it because now all the other hospitals are hoarding it. Yeah. So now, so now what what do you do? What I understand is that these guys are running and most of our emergency rooms across the country are running at capacity on a normal day. Yeah. Right. So that's why this is such a concern. I think a lot of people are like, well, it's no worse than the flu. Right. So that might be true. Um, in the long run, what the issue is, is that there's only 160,000 respirators in the United States. Mm -hmm. And if 2.2 million people need them, you have a, you have a real crisis on your hands. So what they're trying to do is just keep as many people healthy as possible so that we don't overload our already overloaded ERs, right? I mean, if you talk to any emergency room nurse or doctor, they are for the most part at capacity year round, especially on, you know, holidays where they're, where they're dealing with a lot of people coming in or kids or flu season or whatever. Right. So the issue isn't that we can't handle this because it's this huge, you know, bottleneck of a problem. It's, it's, you're adding it to an already bottlenecked healthcare system. It's a trickle down effect. So you have nurses and doctors that are contracting it that have to get quarantined. You know, you have nurses and doctors whose kids are home and they're trying to figure out how, you know, they're just going to have their kids kids, be watched while they're in the hospital 24 seven, you know? So, so that's why probably at this point, it's just better off. Just shut it down. We all know it's coming. You know, we all know that, that Mm -hmm. eventually, you know, everything's going to get quarantined and we're going to get shut down. Everybody, they've been teasing us. So it's just, just let's do it. Yeah. I mean, they have to, they have to pull the trigger and just get it done. I mean, you know, the, the spike. So here's an interesting fact too, that I learned during all this. It's amazing how much we all learn during these, these troubling times, right? We all just become, everybody's an epidemiologist. experts. All become experts in the last couple of days, but here's what I did listen to an actual expert say, and he uh, he just kind of runs social affairs programs, and he's been researching epidemiology and the effects of pandemic viruses for his whole life and career. And he was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. I forget the name oh, of that. his yeah. episode. This is Peter Hotez? No. Not sure. I'll, I'll send it out to you guys. We can post it in the show notes. But we, um, what he said was, by shutting down all of these schools, you have this double-edged sword. Yeah. 38% of the nation's nurses would need to stay home with their kids if you shut down schools. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what that effect is doing right now. I, I think maybe it's 
going to be a little better because now at least two parent households will have both of their parents home. So maybe the nurses can still go to work. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's a lot of single family households or single parent households as well. So, but that's a, that's an enormous stat, right? Between K and 12, 38% of the nation's nurses are parents. So I'm not sure what that's doing right now, but I just thought, wow, what a, what an interesting statistic. Yeah. The ripple effect. You know, it really is. And, and you have to do these sweeping changes to, to flatten the curve. But um, what's that going to do for, for long term? And is it going to create a panic? And is it going to have nurses staying home, like you said? So um, it's going to be interesting to see if we can just do one sweeping change and it'll flatten the curve to three, four weeks. Or if you make small incremental changes and it's going to last four, five, six months. I think, you know, to go so back that, on the stimulus that's package. That's the key, right? Is <laughs> the stimulus package. Slow. I don't know if that's just going to be money that sits on the sideline. Because at times like this, people hoard. People mm-hmm. like we just talked about earlier. That money's probably going to stay on the sidelines, stay in bank accounts. Once the veil has almost been lifted or there's a feeling of security, I think then, then there's going to be an explosion of money again into the economy. So um, it yeah. just it, we just can't have that panic until then. So. I mean, so here's what's crazy. And I'm looking at worldometer.info. And... I think we can all agree that the number of daily cases that they're actually confirming, it's going to skyrocket right now because we're now getting testing kits. Right, right, right. But just on, just on this site, right, from the 16th, every day since the 16th, the number of confirmed cases has doubled. So, I, you know, I hope that they do just kind of say, all right, let's go mass shutdown. A lot of states already have, right? Pennsylvania says absolutely no, everybody stay home. California just did it. I think a lot of these states are coming around. Um, That'll be a domino effect. Doing it. Just like when the NBA starts doing it, then all everybody else has to say, I guess we have to do it too, because the NBA did it. We're not going to look bad. Every single governor is going to do the same thing now. It'll just be a ripple effect. I do wish the federal government said the NBA is going to do it. I'm going to do it too, right? Because we'd already be a week yeah, Kinda. they just don't have the manpower. Power. They don't have the manpower. So you shut down cities and yeah. urban areas, right? What's the risk you run there? You know, you, you need manpower. You need state troopers. You need National Guard. Right. You need direction. Um, you need... Right, to prevent looting and yeah, you, right. things that typically happen. Right? You need the money available, you know, then say like, hey guys, you are going to get the check in two weeks. Like, don't don't bug out. <laughs> don't panic. Right, right. It is coming. We're working on it. We passed these bills. So they they were waiting to get some other things in place. So they, you know, the hints are out there. You know, it's it's only a matter of time. And you know, I think if we do it the right way, we can learn. Um, and then hopefully the you know, it'll it'll be shorter term than it was in China. You know, so China's still dealing with it. It seems like it's flatlined. Um, but one thing you mentioned about the testing kits. So um, there's a doctor. I was listening to his video yesterday. Who's at Community uh, Jeffrey Miskoff, and uh, he mentioned that. The testing kits aren't even really working. Um, the way that they're actually identifying when they're in the hospital is through a CAT scan and MRI. They could see it. They can eyeball it up and, and see um, that you have that upper respiratory issue, you know, which is the, the best sign of it. Um, so, I mean, those those numbers are probably going to jump because they are uh, behind. So, you well, know, I know, I know one of the issues touching on what you just said, uh, Justin, uh, Governor Murphy spoke on this multiple times. If you go to if you if you have severe symptoms and you go to the hospital, they can immediately they have labs inside the hospital. They can immediately test and go, okay, this person's positive. The like these testing kits that they have at that they're going to be setting up at PNC, and I know they're setting it up in Bergen County. Um, they're not immediate, so they they take the test even if it's drive through. They take the test, right, they got, then got to send it to a right? lab, yeah. And then you, you got to follow all the procedures. Right. So it's taking 24 to 72 hours to get the test back. So people are seeing like these results skyrocket, but it's really like, you know, that person uncovered lag, (laughs) right? There's a, there's been a lag, you know, it's not, you know, that's the problem is that I just wish we could, you know, get the results instantly and we can't, you know, unless you're going to the hospital. Well, Steve, you said it too. the epidemiologist on uh, Joe Rogan experience. He, he said, you're always farther behind than what you think. Mm -hmm. And that's the key to think about, Um, you know, the testing, it's, it's, it's going to be lagged and there's going to be some people that don't even go to the hospital to get tested and you're reactive the whole time. So you almost have to be ahead of the game, take, take more drastic measures than you think. And then you're going to be in front of, yeah. in front of the curve. So. And, and what that, what that same guy said was, 
if you feel like we've overreacted when it's all said and done, and you're probably then right. we've done a good job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Dr. Right. Fauci said that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's great. So, all right. So anyway, we, we might have a cure on the horizon. We don't know. It looks like these French, uh, brilliant scientists have, uh, done that. I, Trump even. Yeah. He announced that. So that's been going around since and, January though. They've mentioned the chloroquine and then also the drug that they made for, uh, Ebola, you know? So the thing is that they've been safety tested. They went through FDA approval. You know, they know they're not killing people. Um, you know, the, that's a good start. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> I mean, the thing. And, and when you have all these vaccine companies saying, yeah, we can get something done, but it's going to be a year. Well, this is going to be over. This strain of coronavirus, which is super insane that you've got a bat coronavirus merging with a snake coronavirus and a little pinch of SARS, you know, like when's the next time that's going to happen in our lifetime, you know? Right. So you're making a medicine or a vaccine that, you may never need. Well, I, I think I think the the one thing we're definitely learning from all this is proper hygiene. I mean, it, it's funny when you saw all the soap clear off the shelves. I'm like, has no one been washing their hands previously? I mean, no, right. they just now have a dozen in their I mean, closet. Well, that's I why mean, the flu is such an issue. You know? I mean, you think I, about I think, it. I think overall, at the end of the day, we'll all have proper hygiene at the end of this and know how to properly nah, wash our away. hands, do social distancing. <laughs> Sanitize and you're yeah. conscious of how, how many times you touch your eyes. Or you know. I know I, it's funny this whole thing about touching your face. I I've, I think I touched my face a couple of times already. Um, Told you to shave that beard, bro. <laughs> shave that beard. Yeah, you don't realize until you start counting how many times you touch your face. I'm like, my God, I got to itch my eye. I got I got an itch by my nose, and it's like what I'm back of the hands. What I'm probably what I'm probably most happy about. Is that, you know, everybody's saying, well, this is how long you wash your hands for. And this is the song that you relate it to. And everybody's like, oh, happy birthday. But <laughs> so I timed out Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> and Just the okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. So if you sing Gangster's Paradise from the beginning till you and your homies will be lined in chalk. <laughs> you are good to go. so, that's, that's a good way to relate it back. Because you it's a good way to know. don't want to be lined in chalk. Just wash them hands, baby. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh man. So, all right, guys, we know what the problems are. We know how we're dealing with it. And in you know, prayerfully and by faith, we will move through all of this stuff. I think that's why we all get to not live in fears because we have a foundation of faith and we won't be shaken by something like this, but let's talk about some good, uh, tangible, actionable things that we can be doing to not just sustain, but dominate our markets and continue to grow during this time. What are you guys doing? What are you doing with your people? What's it look like? So I'd say we're, we're giving the advice of, you know, if, if we do get shut down, this isn't like, Hey, just relax and take it easy because by the time you get back to business, you're going to be behind the eight ball. Um, so now's the time to kind of look at your business, uh, reorganize knowing that, um, you know, maybe, maybe 30 days, at least in the real estate industry, you know, you may not be putting a contract together. Um, so, Scaling your business based upon how can I communicate with people? So uh, video, you know, for one instance, you know, we've set up um, a Zoom account for an entire office where they can go in uh, and now have face-to-face. I know we've had some some agents that have been locked down and they're like, hey, can somebody FaceTime me, please? Like, they're already feeling like lonely and secluded. And if you look at Facebook, it's just, I don't even, I can't even go on Facebook I anymore. Know, it's, it's so because, negative. But everybody's home. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's yeah. home. Everybody's <laughs> posting stuff. And it's just right. a mess. It's just a disaster. So um, if you can give clear, concise uh, information to, to help people. So, um, you know, so maybe they're not going to do a transaction, you know, this year. But obviously spring's coming up and spring cleaning stuff has to get done. Like, st- Things still have to get done. Things are still going to get done in the summer. So if you can be thoughtful and kind of remind people of that, like we are going to move on past this. Like there will be life after this. So maybe prep. Maybe you get ahead uh, and 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 do some things around the house because you're going you're going to be in the house anyway. Maybe analyze uh, what's going on. Maybe. Um, take a look at your house and say, well, you know, with this happening, you know, maybe not buying a $600,000 house, maybe buying a $500,000 house or a $400,000. I think a lot of those discussions are going to happen. So I think if you're thoughtful and if you can have those conversations with your people, um, you know, you can kind of help them uh, walk through this. Yeah. And I think preparing 
obviously for for the light at the end of the tunnel, staying optimistic, staying out of the pessimism. Um, you know, right now, you, if you're going to be home next week, tackle the honey-do list that the wife has been begging you to do for a while. <laughs> you, right. know you know I'm gonna handle there's going to be some stuff knocked off those <laughs> lists for sure. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a funny coffee mug at home where it says, uh, honey, you don't have to keep nagging. I know you told me to do this. You don't have to keep nagging me every six months about this. <laughs> Something along those lines. I mean, it's funny because I do have that honey to do list at home. It's like, there's little things here and there and I'm like, all right, I can probably tackle those now. Um, <laughs> But agents but, to start, you know, we're talking touch and base with our agents and tell them to tighten the ship, you know, jump into your into your CRMs, your client relationship management systems and and make sure everyone's been touched and contacted. Touch base with your clients, past clients, see how they're doing, what you can do to help um, anything out there. Just just to say that you care and you're there for them. Um, and, and that'll go a long way, obviously. A hundred percent. The other thing that we um, we implemented also, uh, Steve, is you know, we have this technology um, in the office um, that we're going to go over just after this break. I think we're coming up to a break right now. Um, but uh, I'd love to chat about this technology that we're talking about uh, called Matterport um, that we've been trying to get our agents to uh, start utilizing. But we're going to touch base on that right after this break. Um, we're going to take a few minutes and uh, we'll talk a little bit further about it. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we were just kind of... Uh, going over things that you can kind of do, uh, our agents could kind of do to kind of prep and organize themselves while, if there is a, a shutdown coming. Um, so one of the things we were about to go into uh, is we have this technology um, called Matterport. And um, we've been having our agents try to get as many of their active listings 3D scanned as possible. It allows buyers to virtually walk through the houses if they're there. It's an incredible technology. Social um, distancing. Yeah, social distancing, <laughs> right. So if there is there a shutdown that happens, which, you know, obviously we've been talking about, we think it's going to, um, and we're kind of homebound for a couple of weeks, you know, there's still going to be people that are going to need housing, you know, and they're going to be on their computers just like they're on Facebook. They're going to be searching Zillow. So how can we allow them to go through the house if, uh, if we're shut down? Well, they could virtually walk through it. And that's what this 3D scan technology allows. So Pretty incredible stuff. Um, so we've, we're basically allowing our agents to kind of get this done so that we can kind of prep ahead of time for anyone that has active listings. Yeah, yeah and um, obviously we proactively cool. canceled open houses right. on Monday. Um, and uh, that's obviously you want to avoid large groups. And the Matterport is a great way to do that, walk through the house and, and still see the property. But I think there's a lot of proactive uh, work being done. And even the townships doing the CO inspections, the smoke certificate inspections needed to close. They're, they're taking uh, kind of a wait and see approach on some things, but they are taking steps to do affidavits where you can maybe close and then, yeah. to, and then inspect later. So I think everyone's doing their job to, to, to not cause a huge interruption. And right. I think closings will still occur, whether, whether it be virtual, whether it be in separate rooms, uh, obviously bring your own pen. Um, <laughs> but, it's uh, funny, but it's not funny. But, it's like, <laughs> but yeah, people still need to live. People still need to uh, to purchase and close. And I'm still seeing buyers put in offers, try to show six homes on Tuesday. Three were uh, had multiple bids on them. So still happening, still activity out there. And I think it's going to continue. We'll see what the shutdown does, if it does happen. But um, staying positive, you know, reacting I think, preparedly. I think, yeah, I think the real estate market is going to do just fine. You have a bunch of people sitting in front of realtor.com and Zillow and their own agents' websites that are going to be looking at properties, doing these Matterports. They're going to be making offers and rates are going to be at historic lows. So people are going to be able to get a lot more house for their money. I don't, you know, this is clearly a blip on the radar. So I think the real estate market is going to, if it happens to stay flat during this time frame and people aren't making money during this time frame, that's fine. I think it's going to be on fire when it comes back. You have the spring selling market right around the corner. You have rates at you know just at absolute historic lows. We'll never borrow at this cheap again. I mean, I I have a buddy who just got a two point seven five on a fifteen know, year. It's, it's getting crazy. it's it is cheap. So. Money's cheap. Housing is still at a pretty good place of supply and demand. So it's a good time to buy and it's a good time to sell. So yeah. I, I'm not super concerned about the real estate market, which, you know, I think Tom, you were talking about why you got out of the market 
years ago is because it's a tangible asset. It's why we've moved 100% of our assets into multifamily and self-storage and why our investors are moving money in on mass with us because it's not as volatile because it is more predictable. Something like this was not predictable, but you know what it is, is my cash flow. Yeah. Rent is still due on the first. Now, you know, there will be some hiccups to that potentially, but it looks like they're figuring out ways to insulate us from that. So yeah, I think there's uh there's good ways, you know, Matterport is a great idea. You know, what I'm telling what I'm doing personally is I'm gonna be home, right? So I'm going through my Rolodex. I'm just building relationship. People that I haven't spoken to in a while, I'm just reaching out to them, talking about the craziness of everybody being stuck home, continuing to build that relationship, letting them know what we're doing, asking them what they're doing, finding some more referrals. I mean, the people that are going to spend the time on the phone over the next 30 days are going to crush it when everything comes back to life. I'm convinced of it. And you don't even have to bring up the word real estate. Just call them and ask them how they're doing. How's the family? How, how are they handling that's everything? It. Anything you can do to help? And that's going to go a long yeah. way when it is time for them to buy or sell. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. just build those relationships when they're ready to invest or whatever, right? Just go build those relationships. Um, and then, you know, like you guys were saying before, right? Let's tighten up the ship. Mm-hmm. Let's get your systems and processes tighter. Become more efficient. Figure out, new ways to automate and to use AI and Zoom and just all of these different things that will actually make you more efficient and effective. I think you have, you know, a couple of weeks to figure that stuff out, implement some things, try some things, fail at some things, and just continue to grow your business. I think there's going to be a lot of people that look at this pandemic and lockdown as well. There was nothing I could do. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people that are out there capitalizing on how to continue to build their business even through it. And, you know, I think I told you guys before, I, you know, we went out to Columbus and we just locked down a bunch more contracts. So I don't have the luxury of waiting right now. We have to get on the phone. We have to talk to people because now we have to raise a bunch of money. We have to go and buy these deals and they're great deals. So we have something to talk to people about, you know, sitting on your hands is not going to get you anywhere. So just be smart about it. Figure out how to tighten up processes, get on the phone, you know, get, get on zoom. Yeah. And it's uh, funny. We talked about Monday, how we uh, stopped uh, open, open houses for Sundays and Saturdays for the foreseeable future. So our staff was, uh, was lightened up a little bit because they usually put together all the open houses for our, our agents. And it just allowed them to dig into some of our transaction systems, find some inefficiencies. Um, and God, it just, it got us on track, tightened the ship. It kind of made me realize that we need to hire another person, you know, and, <laughs> and it almost makes you analyze We're your business. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe even two. So it, it's, it's analyzation of your business. Uh, again, tightening the ship see where you can work out inefficiencies and add to and scale your business really. So I think it was a positive in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, once this all blows over, I mean, sky's the limit. So yeah, I think it allows us yeah. to kind of reset, you know, focus on some, some different things, um, you know, support our agents as, as best as we can during this time and uh, make sure that everybody's still rocking and rolling and ready to go. Cause you know, that flip, that switch is going to flip, you know? So is, are you preparing now? Don't take two weeks off. Don't just say, Hey, I'm just going to hang out. Obviously the situation is not going to be ideal, you know, to make calls if your kids are running around screaming in the house. Um, but you know, you could do through text, you can do through Facebook message. You can kind of maybe square off some time, maybe two hours, uh, where you can kind of hide somewhere in the house and, and do what you have to do. Um, but you have to be mindful um, about that now, uh, because if you're not doing that, then when we come out of this, you're not going to see a net gain anywhere. You know, you're, you're going to potentially lose some things. Your, your clients aren't going to be ready. Um, and you know, this is not the time to, to shut off leads or, or to stop talking to people that are interested. Just like Tom said, people are going to be home. They're going to be analyzing things. Captive audiences. Yeah. I mean, so, so the same thing like with right. us tightening the ship, you know, maybe Agreed. some of those people are tight are also going to tighten the ship too, you know, but that still means people are moving. It's not going to turn into a renter nation where everybody's going to be like, Hey, 
now I'm going to rent for the rest of my life because of uh, coronavirus. You know, that that's not going to happen. So and it reminds me of, uh, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. I, I wish it was back, but um, there was a line in there by Littlefinger, Peter Baelish, that said, uh, chaos is a ladder. And, and I hate to say that you want to profit off of a situation like this, but you can't sit there and be idle because this is an opportunity to, again, tighten the ship, increase your your efficiencies, and make sure you're going to be prepared for when it turns on. So. Yeah. Yeah. And just to go back what Justin was saying before, like, hey, I work from home all the time. You guys have an office. My kids are always screaming in the background. So (laughs) it's not a new problem for me to handle. It's uh, I I think people appreciate it. Parents especially appreciate it, where the fact is you're still doing stuff from home. Um, But don't make it a excuse. That's that's the point is don't make it a reason not to do something because you can do it. Yeah. You just understand like it, it. Look, at the end of the day, you got to adapt to what we're dealing with. So, you know, on the uh, if this wasn't happening, it's like, you know, okay, well, yeah, I can't work at home. That's why I come to the office. Okay, well, now you got to figure this out. You got to adapt. So you find a quiet space that you can make some calls. Safe space. Um, or if you are not, you can't find a quiet space. Like Justin was saying, you can send text messages. You can, you can send Facebook messages. You can send emails. You can get organized and still touch and reach out to, to prospects. Um, don't make excuses and, and, you know, Netflix binge every show that's out there. <laughs> this is an opportunity that you can capitalize on. Quarantine and chill. Well, <laughs> yeah, so, Quarantine and chill, right? <laughs> I mean, Winston Churchill said the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I think um, the real people that are business builders, entrepreneurs see this as an opportunity. You could get beaten down about it and be a worrier and live in fear, or you can recognize that problems only exist at the level of the mind. And you can take action. You can figure out how to be more productive, more efficient, more effective. I mean, we've been talking about this for months on the show. The, The whole purpose of what we look at success as is how to have that well-balanced, joyful life. How do we give back? How do we do the things that really um, matter to us from a success perspective? I mean, it's been great. I've been home every day for um, however many days now. and We're playing charades. We're playing Pictionary. We're just, you know, we're having fun as a family. We're playing games. It's creating this work-life balance for me that... You know, I've been uh, slowly scheduling into it, but now we're doing it because everybody's home, right? So we get to we get to do that. You, you get the opportunity to give back right now. Find elderly people that can't go to the grocery store and go for them. Um, go pick some stuff up for people. Go drop some things off for people. I mean, there's there's a ton of ways to be a great leader and to be a successful person through this time. And I think uh, you know the most successful people will find a way to be even more successful. Yeah, leaders are born in these times. You know, this is, when everything's great, it's it's easy to to lead, you know? Everybody's doing great. You know, it's it's the times where people are struggling, you know, and, and you, you have to be able to give them some hope, be able to kind of, uh, you know, steer them through this and, and kind of keep them on track to where they were, you know? So there was a bump in the road. All right, cool, get back up on the bike. Let's go, you know? Don't sit there and cry. Don't look back. Don't say, I'm not going to take the road anymore. You know, we have to help uh, lead our, our agents, you know, through this. We don't want to lose any agents or employees. That is our goal. Um, and we're making sure that that's going to happen. Um, so we, we get through that and we know everything is going to be good. Yep. I agree. Now's the time to rally the troops, not sit on our hands. And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of kind of breaking down why this is more of an opportunity than a problem. Um, uh you know, sorry I didn't make it into the the studio today. I'm glad we still got to go through all of this stuff. We have a couple minutes left. Any parting shots, Tommy? Um, I just I really want to focus on mentality. I mean, um, I think and and obviously the the show is called Finding Success, and I think there's no better way to find success than to change your change your perception and make it your reality. So stay positive. Don't have the "woe is me" attitude. Um, you know, I, I I a long time ago I kind of kind of omitted the word deserve because I just don't like that word deserve. Like I should have this, I should have that, that entitlement attitude. And I think right now is when you could change your perception, 
create your your own reality by staying optimistic and staying positive. So I think that's what I want everyone to focus on right now um, because the more pessimistic you get, the more it builds off of everyone else. So um, optimism right now is 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 a premium right now. So and and look, guys, you know we've talked about this on the on the show previously as well. During these times, do the right thing. I mean, look, do you really need? 48 rolls of toilet paper. I mean, if you're, if you see, if you see in the store and you're, and, and, and you're buying two of them and another person doesn't have any, I mean, let that other person have it, you know? Um, you know, this, this is a time that we should be helping each other. Um, and at the same time, refocusing, staying positive, like Tommy was saying, but do the right thing. Be right. kind. You know, this is the, this is the time to kind of shine as a nation and get through this together. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, what to echo what Abe said. I mean, you know, I think that we're going to see the barter system come back, you know, when we see the mm-hmm. lockdown. I mean, you know, uh, do you know your neighbors? Are you friendly with your neighbors? Because if not, you know, then you are on that island. Um, so if you are friendly with your neighbors and, you know, you do run into an issue or a problem, you know, you have some people that you can talk to. Um, and it's it's kind of taking that step back and saying, all right, day to day, like, you know, am I too involved where I'm not noticing, you know, certain things going on in my life with the family, you know, with friends and things like that. Um, so just making the time, having the conversations and, uh, seeing like really what else is going on. Um, because I mean, you know, people are having other issues besides this. Um, you know, like this wasn't the only thing that's going on in people's lives. This is compounding, you know, those issues though. This is causing many stress and, and, and pain points, you know? So I think we also have to be concerned with, you know, people getting into that tilt, you know, and, and not being optimistic, but, it might not be just because of this. There may have been other underlying issues going on, and this is just putting people over the top, you know. So make some calls, you know. Find out if you can help some people out, you know. Maybe you can let them borrow uh, a few bucks, you know, or maybe you can, you know, send them something if you hear that they're down, you know. Maybe send them, you know. Hopefully Amazon doesn't close down, but hop on Amazon, you know, order something, send yeah. them some chocolate or something like that. Like now's the time to kind of be thoughtful. And, uh, and I think if, if people can kind of take away from this, they'll remember, um, how much you cared and how thoughtful you were in a time where everybody could be selfish. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I mean, you can send DoorDash to people, you can send some food and groceries through Peapod. You can, I mean, we live in an age where you can help remotely. So I think that's, um, some really great advice. I think, um, you know, I'm going to be focusing on gratitude Absolutely. next couple of days. And, you know, I'm just grateful to God for our business, for our ability to work remotely in the first place and our ability to help some other people out. So I'm grateful for, uh, for what's going on. I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for this show. You know, we're going to, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with some new and different news, but As for today, we're grateful for all the listeners, and uh, you've been listening to the Finding Success radio show. Keep tuning in, and you'll find some ways to find, replicate, and implement some successful tactics to apply to your own life. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Like what you hear? Be sure to subscribe and head over to freefromwallstreet.com and sign up for our free guides to help you and your family invest with purpose. 